Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the pursuit of wisdom, balance, leadership, and everything in between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the idea that everything has a cost. Everything has a price associated with it. Nothing just comes easy or free or anything worthwhile doesn't really come easy. Everything that we have or are part of, there is a cost benefit, you know, uh, uh, analysis with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm coming to the the conclusion that there's just nothing free in this world. And I've been naive long enough. I've, I've been naive long enough in my life to have been duped into thinking something was going to be so good, uh, too good to be true. And of course it, it was in fact too good to be true. Um, I'm not sure which, where to start with this, uh, but I think one of the things that we started thinking about this topic on was the idea of working remotely. Yeah, and, and the fact that it was when the coronavirus pandemic hit and everybody was asked to stay home and everybody then had to switch their jobs to virtual work, you know, work from home a type of situation for the most part. Um and it was this chaotic mess, and then everybody got used to it. And now, you know, if you do go out and drive, the roadways, you know, we're based out of Atlanta. They're clear as can be. It's amazing. Uh, it's great to drive in Atlanta now. I never thought I'd say that for mm-hmm. the last 10 years. It's just been a traffic jam a, a everywhere. Yeah. And, and now, because everybody's working remotely, traffic is easy and it's great. And we got to this flow of, man, it's so great to work from home. There's so many benefits. But then we began to talk about, well, what is this costing us? What's the long-term effect of this? Mm-hmm. And we realized, wow, man, there's a cost. There's a price to be paid. Yeah, I think the easy assumption would be that, man, this is all working so well. Think of how much money we could save in office space and the utilities involved in office space and all, all the things that surround a, a physical environment. We Shoot, we're, we're, we're making ends meet. We should just get rid of it. I think it would be an easy assumption to make, but I think there's a lot more to consider before doing that. Yes, exactly. And it, so the, that spurred us into this idea of, man, there's a cost associated that we're no longer, you know, it, it's harder to create community within your mm-hmm. workplace, to keep everybody on mission, to keep everybody unified. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the cost of, hey, man, I get to work from, you know, my bedroom or, you know, my personal office space at home. But the cost of, of trying to lead an organization like that, it, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, I also want to take into account, like, um, right now, organizations that are thri- are, are continuing to, to, to survive, I don't know if they're thriving, continuing to survive in this environment, they are, they are continuing a model that was built and set in a uh, physical work environment. So it's not like they, they invented this thing in remote and they're making it work. It's no, they're just con- carrying something out. So it's, so it's, I think that's something to think about too, is like right now we are able to, to keep getting things done. But again, it was built in person, in rooms, brainstorming this together, having these organic conversations. Cause like you're saying, um, there's, there's so much about the, the, the work environment that I just want to say, there's a lot of intangibles. Like you have no idea the projects that you're working on right now that may be very successful or whatever it might be uh, that might have happened not maybe not even in a actual brainstorm maybe it was a, in in the break room and you're talking to somebody and, and he dropped this he said this or she said that it's like well I didn't think about that I didn't even know you guys were working on that what if we this what if we that
that. That organic couldn't have happened unless it was this weird encounter that doesn't happen remote. And we have no idea what we're missing right now not being in the office because unless I, I schedule a Teams call or a Slack or a Zoom call with Seth, I'm not going to talk to Seth. There's nothing that's going to transpire between us that's going to make some magic happen. I think there have been times where hallway conversations have helped me from making a mistake or made me think it look at look at the situation completely different and it would not have happened if it hadn't have had that hallway mm-hmm. to have a conversation in you mm-hmm. know that waiting by the elevator and and you know someone start sharing a project and oh my goodness I never thought about it like that or oh I should have shared all this information with you I apologize I didn't you know, so there are costs associated, but it goes beyond that. It, this was just how we began to talk about the idea mm-hmm. of everything has a cost. Yeah. I just think that it's important to always be weighing these things out. Um, I think about going back to this briefly before we move on, but like, like, is it, is it realistic to think that a team can be as healthy as it is in person remotely? Is that realistic? Uh, I know before Andy Stanley's po- his leadership podcast, he, I forget what the group is that, that they're always advertising, but it's advertising for this full remote. Like all they are is remote and they're, you know, they're trying to help you become more remote. And this has been long before COVID was a thing. Like it was an organization that was pushing for this. And I just wonder like how healthy and rich can it actually be if it's fully remote? I mean, we're going on a tangent right now, but I just, I'm just fascinated by this. Again, thinking about the cost. Yeah, there's a lot. I'll say this. Um, the, the benefit to being remote too, like there's a lot of benefit to it. Like I'm not driving anymore. I'm not spending that time on the road getting frustrated. I remember, you know, I didn't have the worst drive, but I, I've worked with a guy who lived 39 miles away from, from where we work. And he, he would get to work some days and just be livid. You know, and so without that drive, your emotional health is higher. So it goes both ways. We're counting the costs both ways. And I just, I just think it's interesting for us to be always weighing that out, not with just this specific example of remote, but like, what's that next thing? What, what, what are these various things that opportunities that come your way that you need to weigh out before saying yes or no to, to figure out what is the actual cost? Well, let me tell you this, this past weekend, we watched the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, I've been trying to watch it. Everybody's talking about it. It's really good. I encourage you to watch it. In fact, this uh, this documentary, actually, we, we decided to say, hey, let's talk about this idea of counting the cost. Then I watched this documentary. And now if I give an example of, hey, what does it mean to count the cost? This documentary really lays it out. Mm. And, and and let me just give you a quick not I'm not giving anything away other than the fact that, man, technology is amazing. It's doing some amazing things. It's connecting some people that I would probably would never ever been connected before, mm-hmm. and I love it. But there is a dramatic cost to the technology we have, mm-hmm. and I encourage you. Uh, th- that documentary right now for me is is the prime example of there's a cost. What's it called again? Social dilemma. And so it might be the in front of it. Any specific example? Um, you know, so they're talking about a lot of social media um, and the impact that it's having on youth. Uh, and they can really, truly track the increase in youth uh, depression, youth suicide, and attempted suicide right along with the growth of social media. And just uh, let me, my personal take on social media when it comes to just anything um, is that it's constantly keeping a scoreboard in your pocket when you when you get on there you're constantly 
looking at a scoreboard and comparing what you're looking at to what you're doing or what you're feeling. And uh, the impact of social media on youth is just devastating. Mm. And it's, it's scary. But at the same time, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But there is a dramatic cost to it. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch that. Sandy and I have been meaning to see it for a while. We just haven't haven't nailed down that time yet. Um, this morning, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. Um, we were at church, and um, uh, I'm part of the video team. And so uh, Andy, the director, was was with his son David. He was showing him uh, a bunch of different things on the you know talking through technical stuff. And uh, I forget how it came up, but David was wanting to know how you can make it brighter. And, and Andy was, oh, you can, you can iris it up. You can, you can do these things to get it to be brighter. He said, you know, what about in this dark area over here? And he, and he shot into the, the unlit part where the, you know, the, the audience is. And it's really dark. And he's like, well, you can get it brighter, uh, but you have to do it something that's called gain. In the video world, we have gain. And it's a digital way of making the image brighter. He said, oh, well, that works. And I said, what? And then Andy said, well, and I said, yeah, well, it, it does get brighter, but you also introduce noise, digital noise, and it's gross, you know, because I'm a you know, video snob. And it made me think about, again, everything has a cost. Even just simple things like in the video world, if there's not enough light, yeah, I can get you more, but I can also get you a really dirty image. And you could take it even further, like, you know, even if you don't even go the digital route, like in the, in the way that an, a, a, a camera lens works, you have what's called your iris, and you can open and close it, and that's what brings in the light. And so if you don't have enough light, you can open that iris and you can get more light in which is great the problem is if you had an, if you had if you're shooting something and there was depth to it and you wanted all of it to be in focus as a result of opening up your iris you have now gotten what's called a shallower depth of field and so you've lost focus so again you can't i can't have the brightest image in the world in a low light environment and also still have everything in focus because everything has a cost and it, i just think these practical ways of, of showing that too are very interesting i love that that's a great example or how many times you've been working on a paper or some piece of copy or in my world video, like I'm editing a, uh, editing something and I finally get this one section just right. I've got the end just right to where the music ends, the right exact point and whatever it is and it all comes together like, oh, perfect. And then I, and I, and I just want to play the whole thing just to make sure it's good. It's like, oh, I didn't realize when I moved that little bit to make the end work that it totally broke this other section. Like when you start moving pieces around, you adjust this, everything, I think it's Newton's third law is like every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Like we always need to be thinking through these things that when, you know, when this opportunity comes up or when we want to pursue this purchase, whatever it is, there is some amount of cost. I love that. I heard the phrase and I'm not the one to come up with it myself and when I think about the idea of count, everything's got a cost. I think about the phrase that just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah, you know, just because I can go out and buy that car or get that house does not mean I should. I mean, and there have been many times where you know I've gotten myself into a situation financially where I could, I could, and I did, but I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's okay uh, to say no to things. Not forever. Just no, not right now. Yeah. Uh, what's so funny is uh, today uh, we had a weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend. It was filled uh, movies and soccer and playing with cousins and being on a farm and, and riding a gator and just all kinds of awesome things. And like an alligator, <laughs> you know, like a, it's a the, very fun farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A little dangerous. <laughs> you sign a waiver. No, uh, you know, like it, it was one of those, um, you know. Just like a, a utility vehicle. Yeah, thing, it was or? like a golf cart on steroids, you know. And uh, we're driving back uh, from my in-laws' house, and uh, one of my kids goes, oh, 
when can we just have a weekend where we do nothing and I just want to be on screens? And we were like, what are you, what are you talking about? We had an amazing weekend. <laughs> what was not good about this weekend? And they're like, oh, well, I, I don't know. Like everything's got a cost. You can't have, an, you know, everything is not balanced. You're not going to be as much time on screens as you want as a kid and much time with your cousins in the field running around and much time on the soccer field. Like everything's got a cost. And, you know, my kids are learning that and I'm still learning that. Yeah, we talk a lot about balance on here, and I think balance is the key to pretty much everything these days for me. And we also talk, uh, a quote that I've shared before is that most opportunities are distractions in disguise. You talked about being able to say no to things. So when things come up, like you have to weigh out. Like, for instance, a friend of mine the other day was like, hey, we should start this Instagram and we should... um, we should we do this new Instagram page and we'll do like dirt bike stuff because we like it and, and we could do the. And I was like, yes, that kind of sounds fun, but I realized just how much work social media is, and even and I want to do good job at things and even these little dumb side you know side project. I was like, you know what, I can't do that. And it was like just just thinking through it and having the opportunity to say and having the ability to say no is is important. I watched a um, or I read one of those articles about. You know, Anytime there's an article that says, you know, five billionaires said this was the key to their success, I, I get sucked into those things. <laughs> and one of them was, and I think I may have shared this before, is they that, you know, five or six of these billionaires credited a couple different things to their success. And one of them that they all said was their ability to say no. Their ability to say no, because when you're at that level, people are coming to you constantly with this idea and that idea. And you've got to be able to evaluate what is the cost uh, analysis of this to figure out, is this going to be worth it? I love that. That, that's challenging for me because I used to uh, immediately not say no because I thought if I said no, I'd be missing out. And eventually everything was watered down that I did and it wasn't really high quality in anything, but I was doing everything. And I thought that was the idea of success by doing everything. But in the end, it cost me because, you know, I wasn't – everything was just watered down. I think about um, – so one of my goals – going back to the goals of this year was to, you know, everything health. So I, I started checking off all the boxes and, you know, going to the doctor, getting checked up. Uh, I started working out and joined a gym and and everything was going great. And then I hit some bumps along the way working out wise. And man, <laughs> I've stopped. Mm. I mean, it's been difficult because I haven't been able to figure out what am I going to cut? Mm. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. And right now, I'm not giving on the working out. I haven't said, okay, this is worth it because I'm doing all this other stuff. And I don't know where to find the uh, answer to say, okay, what's going to get cut? Um, And now you could probably look at my life and easily say, eh, number one, go to bed early. And then that way you can wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Well, I started doing a five o'clock in the morning workout thing. and I did that hardcore. And then I switched it to the afternoons. And then I went late evenings. And then I just stopped because... I wasn't willing to cut something out. And I I, I say that with, I don't have a plan to cut something out yet. So yeah, it's what's most important to you. What's most important. Um, I'm in the process right now of, of saying no to something that has been really important to me over the last year or so, Uh, about a year or so ago, um, I was approached by Caleb Panther, who's, who was, uh, has been on this podcast and he wanted to put, put a worship team together for our, um, 
for our church and he wanted me to kind of play the kind of the role as producer technical person just consultant kind of person i wasn't going to lead worship i was just going to be behind the scenes just trying to make things better and it's been great but i will say when he first brought it to me i was like okay this this means sundays this means my sunday is now gone and i guess one of my biggest fears is that my kids I don't want my kids to be those ones that are stuck at church every time the doors are open and they grow to resent it. And so I had to talk that through with Sandy. We had to figure it all out. We got a plan in place because Caleb's kids are the same age as mine and they were able to play and it's been good. Um, but I always knew that there was a time, there was a ticking clock on it because I didn't want to do this forever. And so, uh, and then it was good, made a lot of, I'm really proud of the work that we've done. I'm just really love our church. It's great. And, um, and then uh, COVID happens life gets even busier and then work changes for me and I take on a leadership role and work has been crazy. And as soon as I took that role on, I told Caleb, I was like, buddy, I have to quit this. And I, I, because right now I know something has to give. And right now the only thing to give is my family life because work I can't really give right now. I'm, I'm, I'm slammed with it. Church, I'm trying to quit. If I don't quit, what is left? I mean, that, that's all my time. I'm working seven days a week at this point because we were pre-recording all these videos and all this kind of stuff. It's like, man, this is too much. And so as much as I loved it, it had to go. And so um, at that point, though, I, with COVID and everything, I was kind of we were in a place where I, I had to, I just had to keep going. But now that we've kind of got things back in place, our church started meeting in person. Uh, I think maybe this week or last week or next week will be my last. And it, it stinks. It's bittersweet because I love it. It's an income. It's money. I like money. Um, but at the same time, again, if something's got to give, it's never going to be my family. And right now it, it just can't, I have, I have to rel- relinquish this role. What'd you say to me? Time is our most valuable asset. <laughs> yeah. Money is not your most valuable asset. You can get more money. You cannot get more time. You cannot. You cannot get more time. Look at Steve Jobs. This guy was a jillionaire on his deathbed. He would have given a jillion dollars for another ten years of living. But you know, time is your most valuable asset. And compared to when you were younger, now are are you more stingy with your time? Or do you think it's wiser? Oh or do you just think? I mean, I'm incredibly, incredibly stingy with my time. It's not hard for me to want to say no to things. I'll say this too. Um, when when something comes up at our house, a rule that Sandy and I live by right now um, is, let's say a house repair comes up or I know, some weird opportunity comes up, whatever it might be. What do we, Sandy, we, we have to evaluate. Oh, we want to redo our bathroom. Eric, you could probably do most of it yourself. You could. But what do we have more of right now? Time or money? Right now, I have no time, but I do have money. And as much as it hurts me to pay somebody to do something that I could do myself, I'm going to swallow it and spend that money right now because... What's going to give if I, if I start spending the next three or four weeks doing that bathroom? What's going to give my time with my kids? And I know this about myself when I'm working on a project. I'm a pretty angry man because I don't want anybody bothering me and my kids just want to be there. And I knew I had to think about that. Like, I'm not going to be a good dad if I start doing this bathroom. So it's worth five, six thousand dollars for me to, to, to pay somebody to do my bathroom. I think sometimes when we think of the idea of counting the costs, um, and I'm totally with you on that example about doing repairs and what do you have more of as family and being a good dad versus hiring it out. I think sometimes, though, when we think about the cost, it's only the negative that we look at. But I think that when we learn to to be disciplined enough and say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this, I'm going to give this, I'm, I'm going to use the word no, that there is the positive there is the benefit that we're getting out of and i think sometimes we it's easier obviously but there's a lot of there's a lot to be grateful for when we count the costs and we when we take inventory of what we're saying no to or what we're giving up in response to 
Yeah. And, and I, I, I think there's, there's this, this mindset I need to have when it comes to costs. You know, everything has a cost. And that is, there's a lot I need to be grateful for. Like, I'm saying no, but you know what? I don't have stress on me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been in that situation where I've overbought in a house before and that's stressful Mm. and i've been in a situation where i've underbought in a house and it feels great (laughs) so it's like well i don't have this house which is looks awesome but i have this house but i feel awesome like one looks awesome and it's stressful one i'm living in and it just feels awesome because i'm not stressed Mm -hmm. and i need to be grateful in those moments that i'm like great i said no i counted the cost and now I don't have the stress on me. Mm, mm, absolutely, yeah, I th- yeah. It's it's again all about balance and and figuring out what is what is, what do you actually want and are you willing to pay for it. Recently, you say that about the, uh, about realizing. I'm glad I said no to that. I had a project come my way about two or three years ago before I was in the role that I'm in now, and it was this really really big video project. And I, at the time, I was just looking for anything new. I was really dissatisfied with my job at that point, and I said yes immediately to it because it was just something. And then I got into it, and I realized this is going to be massive. And I know my temperament. I'm not designed for this sort of painstaking, probably two or three year video process to make this one hour thing. And I ended up going back to him saying, I don't mean to back out. I never want to be that guy, but I don't think I'm the right person for this. I really don't think I'm not. As much as I'm dissatisfied with what I'm doing right now, I think it would be even worse if I took on, even though this is a great opportunity, this is a legacy piece. It's great. I can't, I can't do this. And so two weeks ago or three weeks ago or something, I finally, they, they got a different producer to, to create this thing and they, they spent two or three years on it. And I sat there and I watched it and halfway through it, I almost started crying as I was like, I am so glad that somebody else did this one because I didn't have to do it and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want my life to be that, but also two, they did a much better job than I did would have done because their heart was probably way more in it than mine would have been. Cause I would have been like begrudging it the whole time, you know? I love that. And it's tough because we can be prideful on stuff. We can be prideful and and only, you know, take on things because we don't want people to look down on us. We don't want to look like we're we're not smart enough or we don't have it all together. I think a lot of times we'll say yes to something. Um, Maybe it's purchasing things because there's the whole social status of what people will think of me. Like, oh, I've got a new car. I've got a new house. I've got this. I've got that. And it's we just get into this rat race and we're not counting the cost at all and i think man there's so much to be grateful for with the power of saying no and i'm curious what it was that led you to say no on this last project that or the project that lasted two or three years that you're you cried that you didn't do it because you're grateful i just i just knew the type of work that it was going to be and my temperament and the fact that I was really realizing that video work was not something that I was designed for, I did not, I would not have done it justice and it would have just been horrible. It would have been horrible and it would have stuck me in this role too. I couldn't have gone anywhere. And then it, when, when, it, when the opportunity that ended up coming for me came up, it would not have been an option uh, because I would have been so jammed in it. So I don't know, maybe the did Lord you, just protected me from it. I don't know. Did you, did you talk with Sandy? Did you take time? I'm like looking through the practical steps of, it's like, you know what? When someone says, "Can you give me twenty four hours to think about it?" Like you really took those twenty four hours, or was Sandy or someone else coming to your life and and challenge you? I'm, 
because because we can't go through this counting cost and and being reflective by ourselves a lot of times or just going with our gut all the times yeah i I don't think for that one it was i don't remember i mean it was probably four years ago now that i said no to it because like i said they've been they've been producing and editing it for probably two or three or four years at this point so i don't remember it being that big of a decision but but you're right. I mean, having Sandy, Sandy and I were talking about this this topic before we got here, and you know she's one because I, as a man and as a competitive person, I'm a conqueror. You know, I want I want to succeed. I want to thrive. I want I want all these hedonistic things of the world in terms of success. And she has to keep tempering me because she's just not fall into that trap uh, that it's like Eric. You were doing just fine. What would we do if we had more money? What literally would we do if we had more money? We have more money than we know what to do with right now. And we don't have that much. We've got plenty. Like, why would you want more? And the only way to get more is to spend more time working. And then you don't see our kids. So she's constantly helping me to see the cost because she sees it so clearly. And I can get caught up in, well, I shouldn't quit this job or I should take another or I should go for that next thing because I would get that. And it's like, no, you know, no, we are very happy right now. And you, I need you to see that we're very happy right now. And that just comes from being grateful. Yeah, you know, being yeah. being just like, man, I'm blessed, man. Look, look what I all I have, rather than look what I don't have. The whole yeah. grass is greener on the other side, man. It might be greener, but or it might look different, but it's going to have a cost. Yeah. And are you ready for that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think this has been a good conversation. It's it's just a good reminder. It's a good reminder to realize um, there's generally no easy fix if it sounds too good to be true it probably is because everything has a cost and and like I said most opportunities are distractions in, dis- in disguise so you need to know what it is that you want where it is that you're going so that when things come your way you evaluate do I want to spend the emotional energy the financial energy the actual man hours doing this because it's the right direction to go or is this actually a diversion on the path that I should be going even though it seems great and it would be a good look for me what is the right path for me, my family, whatever it might be. I love it. We'll end it there. We hope you enjoyed this conversation of Is This Making Sense? Mm-hmm.